0: You weren't here last night. It's good to good to see you here. Um, I reckon camp camp talks can be um, can can sometimes be a bit dull and boring, um, and sometimes uh, a little bit uh, not dull and boring, but maybe a little bit like what you get at church all the time. So I want to start off a little bit different today. Okay, so it's going to be a bit of a participation sport. Is that okay? You got you got to be in it. Okay, you got to. Warm up a little bit and uh, be ready to go. So what I want you to do straight away, just to warm up a little bit, is to maybe turn to the person behind you or in front of you, not next to you, because you know who sits next to you, don't you? Those you feel comfortable with, right? Um, So it's got to be behind or in front. um, And say um, maybe how long you've been coming to... to um, I keep saying, I think the wrong name, Exchange Church, uh, Shepparton, and... um, And what you like about it. Why are you coming? Okay, so that's that. How long have you been coming for? And what what thing about church that especially encourages you while you're there? Okay, so behind, not next, or in front. Let's go. Give you a couple of minutes to do it. That's good. What was your answer? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Alright. That's alright. It's good. A little bit of a chat. Dad made us. That's great. Fantastic. That's encouraging. Oh, gosh, it's true. Originally, I hated <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm not joking. I'm told that. I'm yeah. I've I told dad, I was 15. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank God. Probably 12 months took you to actually. So are you related? Dad, okay, I've got it, yeah, right. Oh, are at three, fantastic. Wow, oh, is that your son, is it? Zipper. Okay, zipper after the <laughs> back. Alright, good. Um, yeah, wow. Is it Jessel test? Three. completely wrong, sorry, three. Can I dob you in? Can I dob you in? Can I talk about that? That's great. Awesome. (laughs) That's good. Hey, Todd, is that working now? Can you hear me? No, it doesn't sound like it. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate that. That was good. That was a, a little bit of good interaction. I need to warm up a little bit because I will be uh, getting... Like I said, it's a participation sport, so in a moment there'll be, uh, there'll be an opportunity to participate. Um, just got some feedback from Bree here. And I said, it's OK, I'm allowed to dob her in. She said when she first came to this church, she hated it. There you go. Wow. That's probably something to do with her dad or something like that, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, it, but as a 15-year-old, I, I became a Christian at 15, and, and yeah, absolutely. She's honest, isn't she? That's good. Um, that that sort of teenage middle years, um, they can be really difficult years to try to figure out what what, what sort of person and identity you're going to be. And um, so, yeah, getting dragged along to church all the time, I totally get it, all right? I got dragged along at 15 and didn't like it for about an hour and then I accepted Jesus in my life and <laughs> everything changed pretty quick. Um, so, nah, it's good. But you're here. Good. All of you are here. Um, and It is a blessing to be a part of a church community. It's amazing. Um, before I started at City on a Hill in, um, in Geelong... Uh, this year, I actually spent the last five years um, of my working career actually at a school in Geelong. And I started out as a chaplain there for six months, and they soon asked me, oh, can you also teach? I said, well, I don't have a teaching degree. And they said, it doesn't matter, right? I, that's a little bit naughty, actually, with the Victorian Institute of Teaching. But um, they said, "You can, what do you want me to do? They said, we want you to run the faculty for the, for the school, um, Christian Education. And um, this school has got more than 2,000 students, and five campuses and about 350 staff. So I was like, I don't know what to do at all. And um, I said, I can't do it anyway because I'm not a teacher. I don't have registration. I haven't studied. They said, well, you work full-time here doing that, and you'll also be a full-time student as well. So my last five years has been pretty hectic and crazy. But I absolutely loved it because I got to teach uh, all the kids right from, um, because I was the director of Christian Ed in the school, right from the preppies all the way through to the year 12s. And it was, um, it was great. A- and I loved the younger ones. Do you know why I love the younger ones? Because whatever you say to them, they're like, yeah, we believe that. We be- yes, yeah, oh, yes, Mr. Brown, God is amazing. Yeah, God is, Jesus is great, right? And they... Um, and it was so easy to teach them. The higher I went up, and it becomes a little bit different. You know? It it's just started to become a little bit different. The, the more you went up in the age group, the, the little bit more doubts started to come for kids. And they started to ask their questions. And it was a little bit more challenging for me. And I loved it. It was fantastic because it's good to ask you questions. It, it was challenging and the big challenge was to help them actually because um, often kids would sit there and they're getting older and older and they have these growing doubts and more of these questions coming in to their, into their hearts and into their minds and they're afraid to actually ask them. And so they bottle them up inside. And, and, but the process is going on and they're looking for answers but they're not telling anyone the question. They're just trying to do all the work themselves. And if they're not finding the answers that are really helpful to them, they start to doubt and they give away their faith. That that beautiful little faith that that little preppy had, all of a sudden when they're like 15, hating church, whatever, or hating school or hating Christian ed, it's because they've, they've got a lot of real questions there that have been left unanswered. And, and doubt has come in and robbed them of that beautiful faith that they had. So my job as the Christian director and as a teacher was, to, was just not to try to convince them about Christianity. It was just to try to get their questions out, to, to help them to express their questions. And I did it in a really amazing way. The first session with year 10s was awesome. And I'm going to do it with you. It's going to be great. You're going to love this. I promise you. And here we go. Do you want to do it? Yes. Yeah. All right. I want to be year 10. You want to be year 10 again? I certainly don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, with my five friends? Yeah. <laughs> no. I'd like to be able to set this right up in the middle. But this, everyone can see that? Can you see it? All right. There it is. Tricky, wasn't it you take it that's yours yeah well done give her a clap <laughs> sorry your name Jenny Jenny. well done Jenny Jenny why didn't you take this one as well you, you you were the brave one weren't you you did that what's the point Jenny who would you like to give this to I put the caramella on the top because that's I was hoping that you'd miss it and um, and that someone else would see it and then they'd come and grab it yeah because poor old Brie a bit picked on her a bit, haven't I? There you go, Brie. Good stuff. What was the point of that little exercise? It's a funny little exercise, but what do you, what do you think that was about? Get up and open the box, yeah. Be, be inquisitive, yes, good. Yeah, what's your name? James, good answer. It's my middle name, good name. Um, Having, having, but having the guts to get up and have a go, and ask the question. Yeah. How often in life are we sort of paralysed because we just won't ask the question that's in in here, and we just we're just afraid to do it. Why, why were Why were you all afraid? Because I because I saw the reactions. I put it there. I walked over there, and everyone just. What was going on? You didn't give us any instructions. No, I didn't give you any instructions at all. Well. well, guess what? In life, most people won't give you instructions, will they? No. <laughs> Maybe hopefully mum and dad give you a few. But we're, we're worried and we're concerned about what other people are going to think of us too. And, and as Christians, we've got to get over that. We've really got to get over that not to be afraid, um, to, to go and, and open our hearts up a little bit, to be a little bit exposed. I mean, you got told to go and someone go and open it and then that gave you permission to come and do it. Um, but to be, have our hearts exposed and, and to actually ask the question, to go into the box and pull it out. It's just a funny little exercise. I used to get my year 10s to do that. And you know what? You know the longest they sat there and looked at it and did nothing? 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was starting to sweat. Then I'm thinking, oh man, this is going nowhere, and I've just lost the whole lesson time. But but they, they 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 got it, and they 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 loved it, and um they understood from that point on that they had permission in my class and in Christian education not just to swallow the the teaching and be told you must believe this and that that, but but you're actually got, you're allowed to ask your questions. And you are allowed to doubt. You're allowed to do that. It's a very common thing for human beings to doubt. It's okay. But have the courage to take, bring your doubts into the open and ask your questions and try to f- seek answers. That, that, that's here end of the lesson, but now I'm going to really preach, all right? So um, I'm hoping that during this time at camp that we'll do that. We'll open up the box a little bit and ask our, ask our questions. You see, the big question for the camp is this. Here's the big question. Can I know for sure? Can I know for sure? Uh, can, I, can I know for sure that, I'm, that I believe the right things? Can, can I be confident that I believe the right thing? that this is all true, what I'm told every Sunday from, from, from the front as Todd preaches. Can, can I be confident in that? Can I be confident that, that in the gospel, the message about Jesus, can I be confident in that? That's a, that's, a, that's a good question. That's the first one. Another question is sort of like it, but it's a bit different. Can I be confident that I am um, continuing in the right way? living out my faith in a way that is actually pleasing to God. See, they're slightly different. One is about the foundation. Can I be confident that I'm just believing the right stuff? Second one is I, I sort of believe it, but am I, am, I, am, I, am I confident that I'm actually still on the right path? Two very important questions, massive questions. And these are the questions that 1 John addresses One John is written to a church that is second-guessing itself. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of questions. There's There's a bit of fear. They're concerned. They're unsure. They're unsettled because they're listening to the many voices all around them and also within. All the alternatives are there. And they're not quite sure which thing to believe and put their hope and trust in. You see, they, they lived in a world not unlike our own world, where individuals could just construct their own belief system. They could go to any God that they wanted and bow down to it, pretty much like our society at the moment. Uh, no one co- um, construct or I, uh, religion or belief system was better than any other. That was what they believed, and it's very similar to, the, to our world today as well. Yeah, it, was, it was all relative. A pluralistic society that is many options, many choices. You can just go in and believe what you want. Everything is acceptable and true. You go your way, I'll go my way, and we'll all get there in the end somehow. That sort of culture. The only thing that wasn't acceptable in their day was the claim that there was only one true way. That's not acceptable. It was a time that was very similar to our time, actually. And it was unsettling living in times like that. It it slowly eroded and undermined their confidence, as it does today for the Christian church. But on the other hand, there were also alternative claims coming uh, quick and fast from within the church, lots of teachers that had their own spin on Christianity, itinerant teachers going around preaching in house churches. And this is what who John is writing to. He's writing to a bunch of house churches in modern-day Turkey area, uh, Anatolia. He's writing to all these little house churches, and there would be itinerant teachers going from house to house to house, teaching their spin on Christianity, seeking to teach they would say deeper things. Now oh, you've heard about Jesus. well let me tell you some more. New things, a different spin. What the church um, was battling with was, was a struggle to f- figure out what was really true. It was a time unlike our own time. There are many voices within the Christian Church, even in Australia, saying lots of different things about a whole host of different issues. What are you to believe? It's unsettling. It's undermining. Our confidence, it erodes us a little bit as it does back in their day and now. You see, not much has changed at all. And that's why the letter of 1 John is actually very helpful for you and I today to read. It's not just an old document, an old letter from antiquity 2,000 years ago to a, to a, written to a bunch of dead Christians, right? It's actually written for you and I as well. Because it seeks to ask a fundamental question, the same question they had, which we have, is how can I know for sure? How can we have assurance and confidence and certainty in our faith? It's a really important question. A lot of Christians struggle with assurance and confidence. I used to be one. It's very common. So let's have a look at how John tackles this fundamental issue, these, these questions. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, that'll be really helpful. 1 John 1, it's sort of right up the back of the Bible. Just before you sort of hit Revelation, just do a little reverse. You'll, you'll hit John pretty quickly. 1 John. 1 John 1, verse 1 to 4. only going to look at these, this introduction. It's going to be up there too. Fantastic. Thank you. Here we go. I'll read the first four verses. Read the, read, read the intro. That which was from the beginning. Um, notice that <laughs> straight off the bat, there's no, g'day everyone. Hi. This is John. Lovely, lovely to, know. there's no intro. It's just bang straight into it, isn't it? That which was from the beginning. Bang, here we go. Which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, revealed. And we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. May be complete. Our joy may be complete. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Have complete joy. So this is, this, this is a good letter to read, a ripper. That which was from the beginning, he just he, straight out of the blocks, bang. Whatever John is, is going to talk about in the rest of this letter to us, you and I know straight away that it's about the original thing. The first thing, the prime, like as in prime minister, first minister, number one. John wants to take us all the way back to the start. You see, when, when we're confused and when we have doubt and when we have questions, right, one of the best things that you can do is go back to the start. If you get lost out in the bush, try to retrace your steps. Get back to the start. Get, get your reference point back again. Get your bearings straight. The first thing, he wants us to take us all the way back to the prime, that which was from the beginning. It's it's about the first thing. But it's not just the number one thing. It's not just about the the original thing. It's also about the idea is excellence or the superior quality, Uh, the original. And we love originals, don't we? Uh, My kids... Uh, They're weird. I don't know. They they like, maybe it's because they don't have Netflix or something. Anyway, um, they watch TV and uh, one of their favourite shows is Antique Roadshow. (laughs) (laughs) Like what's with that? Yeah, yeah. I've got got a few nodders over there. Who likes Antique Roadshow? Yeah. Well, you've got some young young cohorts with you too, all right? They they love it. I don't know why they love it. You know what else they love? American Pickers. (laughs) Yeah, same mob. Yeah, that's right. American. Pick- How good's American Pickers? Why is it so good? I-, I wondered. I'm sitting there looking at them, three of them sitting there going, Daddy, put it back on our American Pickers. You know, don't change the channel all that sort of stuff. I'm like, what? Anyway, um, I worked it out. They love seeing the original stuff that they pull out, right? They just love it. They're, like, curious about it. it- it's-, it's amazing. Um, you see they- see, originals have a special quality, even when they're all, like, messed up and dirty and stuff like that. That's the original. It's, it's not just the first thing. It's the quality of it too. There's something special about it. And... um my little boy, Sebastian, he, he's six years old now, but when he got born, like, we were there and we were expecting another girl, because the percentages are, once you've had two girls, it's like an 80% chance you're going to have another girl or something like that. That's what they told us. Anyway, they lifted him up over the thing, because it was a C-section, you know, over the thing, and I'm there I'm with my wife, and go, well, that's different, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and he's there, like, crying, you know. But as soon as, like, about five minutes after that, your first thought that came into mind is... Yes, a boy. I can now buy Transformers. <laughs> yeah, good Transformers, eh? Because in the in the eighties, when I was growing up, Transformers were awesome. They were amazing, and the first thing I thought was, like I said to my, I, th- I think I said to my wife, I could go buy Transformers now, and I think I might go one buy one straight away. Like he's, he can't play with it, It doesn't I can? So, <laughs> um, so I thought, as he got to about three years of age. Uh, I, I, we took him, I took him out to go buy a Transformer. And uh, we went to the shop. And i got to say, I was extremely disappointed. They, were, they, they are rubbish. Transformers are useless, right? The, the modern-day ones, they're plastic and they're, they don't even look like Transformers anymore. It's, it's not the original thing. Um, so don't bother watching the movies. Um, they're a bit, it's a bit av- average. You see, Seb, though, when he was with me, three-year-old, he looked at them and he thought wow, they're awesome. It's because he hadn't seen the original yet, you see. And he, I had to buy him one anyway. And I said, mate, I'll get you a proper Transformer. I'll get you a real one. So I went on eBay and I'm like, Optimus Prime, original, 1984. And then I saw the price. <laughs> it was like two grand. I couldn't believe it. US as well. And, it was, and I'm like, yeah, sorry, mate, Just, you'll have to have that one. Um, but yeah. You see what my point is? Originals are just so far superior. They're first, but they're worth more because they are the real deal. They're the real deal. And everything that comes after it, tried to copy it, you know it's not the real deal. John wants to take us all the way back to that which was from the beginning because he wants us to see the real Deal, the original one, the, the one on which everything is based, the one on which our faith is based, the one on which this world is based. You look at that. That's here because the original one made it. And, and John wants to take you all the way back to, to have another look at the original one. When you have doubts, go back and check out the original. You see, in John, John, what John is saying is this is no innovation, this isn't an afterthought, this is not a copy or a forgery. When you're in doubt, you don't want the copies and the forgeries. You want the original so that you can be sure and certain of the truth. You see, this isn't fake news, you see. This is the real deal. And like all good journalism, like proper journalism and reporting, this is well investigated. This isn't secondhand. This is this isn't heard on on the grapevine or a bunch of Chinese whispers. John is emphatic about the rigor and the purity of his information. Where does John get his information about that which was from the beginning? Look there in verse one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. That is him and the apostles which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, Concerning the word of life. Bang. Your brain should be exploding right now. Concerning the word that brought everything into existence and made you and me. He's taking us all the way back there, there. And he can tell you authoritatively, that he has heard, that he's seen, and he's touched this word. It's incredible that he's touched the prime original one, the divine one. That's John's incredible testimony to us. He says we heard his voice when he spoke to us, when he said, Quiet, be still. And the waves went boom to a mill pot. We heard his voice command that. We saw his glory. And we touched his body, flesh and blood so important. John is, John is always making this point, not just here in the letter, but in his gospel as well, isn't he? He's always making the point that the word became tangible and physical in this world. The word, the word didn't just make it, the word made it and then stepped into it. The word made the universe, the box in which we live, and then decided, actually, I'm going to go in and become part of that. That's incredible. That's incredible. That blows our mind. In John 20, if you want to turn to it in your Bibles, John 20, back in the Gospel, the Apostle, he wants to make make, make this an emphasis. And so in his Gospel, he records this amazing post-resurrection account. Just to make the point. Uh, John 20, verse 24 to 27. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve apostles, called the twin, he might, might have had a sister or something or a brother, He's obviously a twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my fingers into the mark of the nails here and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. I'm a a touch sort of guy. That's what he's saying. I need to see this physical and not just see it, I want to touch it. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he turned to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hand and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe, but believe. It's actually a massive thing to believe that the God of the universe who created all things came into this world to be a part of it. This prime original one, that which was from the beginning, condescended and actually allowed Thomas to touch him. And what does Thomas conclude straight after that? Verse 28, Thomas answered him. He had no other words but these words my Lord and my God. He got it. There's no uncertainty there for him. No doubts anymore for Thomas. He'd seen, he'd heard, and now he'd actually touched the word of life himself. And that was it for Thomas. He was sold out. Took him a while, (laughs) but he got there. You see, Jesus isn't just an idea The word of life isn't just sort of some sort of philosophy or ideology thought up by smart people, a made-up religion to try to to help people have a crutch throughout their life. Now, John makes sure that you and I understand that the word of life, that that which brought everything into being, the word, the logos, the wisdom of God, the original pure source of all life, became physical. And therefore, he became verifiable. That's amazing. He 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 allowed himself to become subject to human investigation, human observation and testimony, human historical criticism. You can read about the life of Jesus, and people do, believers and non-believers. And he did it. He came into his world to be verifiable so we could hear his words, and his disciples could touch him, all for the purpose of your assurance and your confidence. So our doubts about God would be blown away. It's not just an idea. He actually came and spoke with us hung out with us and did life with us and did death with us. Our questions all of a sudden can be answered because the word of life who made the universe, who made the box in which we live in, came in to talk to us about it. And we can ask him all of our questions. We can bring him all of our doubts. And he wants to hear them. He wants to talk to you about them. And he's got the answers for you. He's got the answers. So that you and I can have total confidence that we know God and that he's spoken to us and that he's with us. And we can declare with 100% ironclad conviction, just like Thomas, my Lord and my God. You're not far off. You're not distant. You actually came really close. It's crazy radical stuff, actually, You think when you think, you think about it. Um, it was in John's day. It was, it was crazy to think that God became a human being in flesh. People rejected it big time. Many people accepted it. Praise God. The physicalness of God in his world, world the, the word of life, is an absolute game changer. That which was, which was from the beginning became human. It's a very dangerous idea, actually, when you think about it. Um, every year in Sydney, they have a, um, a conference. Oh, it's like a big festival, actually. They call it a festival. Everything's a festival these days. Um, festival of Dangerous Ideas. Who's heard of it? Yeah. So it happens every year and it's extremely popular. People love to gather there because a lot of smart people come along and they, you know, talk lots about all these uh, amazing radical ways to try to fix all the problems in the world and, you know, present their dangerous ideas which could actually work. And that, that's, that's the idea of the, of the festival. Um, in 2013, the ABC Q&A... Who watches Q&A, by the way? Not many. No? A couple of you? Fine. I actually stopped watching it a while ago, but that's okay. Um, 2013 um, Q&A, they had uh, a panel for the Festival of Dangerous Ideas. So people who were presenting in the festival came along and they're on TV and the the audience asked their questions. And and, um, the last question, the final question of the night, was asked by one of the the audience. And uh, she asked this question, which so-called dangerous idea... Would have the greatest potential to change the world for the better if it were implemented? Excellent. Good question. That's the question of the festival. There was a guy on the panel called Peter Hitchens, who's the brother of Christopher Hitchens. I don't know if you know him, but Christopher is a a famous um, author and, and really strong atheist and he 's died since uh, a few years ago, Christopher, but extremely intelligent man and um, but, but Peter, his brother, is a christian and, and he is also an author, a very intelligent man and peter uh, he 's a philosopher as well, and he, he was on the panel, and he responded to the question this was his response to the dangerous idea question. He said this: the most dangerous idea in human history and philosophy remains the belief that Jesus Christ was the son of God and rose from the dead. And that is the most dangerous idea you will ever encounter. Wow, on the ABC, you know? And he just floored everyone. Everyone's gone. No one really got it. So Tony Jones, who's the compere of of, of the show, sort of leaned across and said, um, why is that dangerous? <laughs> and he just looked at him like, you're a Muppet, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> he, just, he was pretty polite, much more politer than me. So he said, "He's replied this, because it alters the whole of human behaviour and all of our responsibilities. It turns the universe from being a meaningless chaos into a designed place in which there is justice and there is hope. And therefore, we all have a duty to discover the nature of that justice and work towards that hope. It alters us all. It changes us all. If we reject it, it alters us as well. It is incredibly dangerous. It's why so many people turn against it. Wow, what an answer. He was right. You see, it's radical to think that God would come into his world and show up, live a human life, die a human death, but then rise again to inform us all about life and death and eternal life, to start answering our deepest questions, our deepest doubts, our deepest fears. to sweep them all away. My students at school often ask me, Mr. Brown, how can you know that God exists? Classic, good question. How can you be so confident? And I would just simply say, because he rose from the dead. They go, oh, disprove it. It's all you have to do. He rose from the dead. I'd say to them, people heard him. They saw him. They even touched him. Jesus is the word of life, not of death. That's who he is. Jesus is the word of of everything that has to do with life. And if you want or need a word on life, where do you go? Go to the word of life. There's no greater authority than him. No greater assurance in life than him. That's why I'm a confident Christian. Because my God actually showed up in this world. And he did something about our doubts and our fears and our insecurities. He died for them. And then he rose to give us assurance of our salvation John writes to the church and to you and me today that we would confidently believe, but more than that, that we would have confidence in this foundation and comfort in this foundation. Jesus Christ, the word of life, come to answer all of our questions. We have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life John says which was with the father that's verse 2 and was made manifest to us that which was uh, sorry that which we have seen and heard we proclaim to you so that you too may have fellowship with us union brotherhood sisterhood and indeed our fellowship is with the father And with his son Jesus Christ. John writes his testimony so that you and I ultimately would have our answers and our doubts, sorry, our doubts and our questions answered. But more than that, so that we would know fellowship with God, intimacy with Him, relationship, confidence. Like the most loving father you could possibly imagine, and then multiply that by a million. Fellowship with him. What dad doesn't, what good dad doesn't love his children? Answer all their questions and guide them through life. John writes so that you and I would have fellowship and intimacy. And by accepting this testimony from the apostles, the eyewitnesses, we enter that fellowship and we have that confidence. That's the grounds for our confidence. The night before Jesus was crucified, he, he went up uh, through the, on, uh, out of the Jerusalem, down into the Kidron Valley, up the side uh, to a little olive grove. I've been there. I went there a few years ago. And um, he prayed an amazing prayer. He prayed it for you and me. Isn't that amazing? That God would actually pray for you and me. (laughs) He does it all the time, actually. Right now, He's doing it, interceding for you and me. He said this in John 17, verse 20. I do not ask for these only, that is, His apostles, He's praying for, but I also, but I also, uh, for those who will believe in me through their word, through their testimony that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, fellowship, so that the whole world may believe that you sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me. Love them, even as you loved me. The word of life comes in to answer all of our doubts, our questions. It comes to give us fellowship with him. And even more than that, he comes to make that fellowship a testimony to the rest of the world so that they might look and desire it too and to come and be joined with him, to have all their doubts and all their fears finally answered to. Your unity with God and with each other and with the apostles is a beautiful thing. Don't ever take it for granted. That's why church is, such, is loved by God, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how human it gets. God loves you. He loves your church. He loves the church. And he wants us to be united with him, have assurance in him, so that you would be a testimony to the world. Finally, John writes, doesn't he? And we are writing these things. We are writing these things. It has now been written down what we saw And what we heard and what we touched, we have written it down so that our joy may be complete. If you have doubts, concerns, questions for God, you want your joy to be complete, you want some answers, that's why it was written. That's why it was written. Friends, that's just the start. That's the basis on which we um, put our confidence and, and build up our confidence as Christians. That's the foundation. God appeared. He answers our doubts and our fears. He unites us together and he gives us joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a good start. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for your Son, the Word of Life, through whom you created all things. You created us in your own image. And Lord, we've lost our way. We have fears and we have doubts. And so, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that you would help them to go back, all the way back to the beginning. Look at the one who became flesh, who was God, and seek their confidence in him, to ask him their questions, and to seek them in the written word. Oh, Lord, build our confidence in your word, the apostles' testimony about Jesus Christ, the one they touched, the word of life, so that our joy may be complete. Amen.